This is Naked M.I.P. With Massimella Matfumal. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Mother attendees at the Foot Soldiers Breakfast today are two brothers who've been in struggle for a long time and are the same as they were back 57 years ago, maybe a little bit rougher. <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, the Reverend Dr. Benjamin F. Chavis and Willie Mukasa Ricks. Hey, brothers, good to see you both. Good to be here. First of all, where were you March 7, 1965? I don't remember the. the I was in North Carolina with Golden Freaks getting ready to come down to Alabama. And when they shot Jim Lee Jackson, you know, keep in mind now, it was a state trooper that shot him. Right. So it wasn't just a state trooper who was ordered after what happened on the bridge. Governor Wallace was determined not to let black people to vote. You know, people kind of forget that. You know, and even today, the voter suppression is going on in Alabama, in Georgia, in Florida, in Texas, in the Carolinas, in Virginia, all over the country. Malcolm said it right. The South was anything south of the Canadian border. The whole country is the South yeah. when it comes to voting rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when did you get to Selma? I got to Selma the day after John Lewis and got beat up. Mm -hmm. I was in Motor Georgia. I was in SNCC, and SNCC had over 100 spots where we were fighting from, and that uh, Selma was just one of them. And when they attacked John, we uh, attacked the marches. We brought all our troops in to uh, attack the state of Alabama. Now, were you were you in were you in SNCC at the time? I was in look back in those days. I was in SNCC, SCLC, and the NAACP. <laughs> it was black. I was in it. Yeah, I was yeah. a college student. I was yeah, in it. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you and I have talked this, about this before. When you came, you stayed and went on the whole march, didn't you? I was walked across the march with Dr. King, right next to him when he walked across the march when he came here. Yeah. Now. He was saying, reminding me of something about you that a lot of people may not know. So t tell that story if you would. Listen, we had to use the right language. So when Willow Ricks first used the term black power, all of us kind of, hey, that's right on. Yeah. And so, but unfortunately, there were some class divisions in the movement. Some people were afraid to use the term black power. So SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, not only popularized it, but the response of the masses. See, that's one thing. The movement has to always be with the masses of our people. And the masses of our people rarely embrace black power. Like you see people now, Black Lives Matter, you saw how that thematically, back in the 1960s, Willie Ricks gave us that theme that enabled us not only to raise our fists, but to empower ourselves. We had power in our own hands that we were not using politically, economically, psychologically. You know, and you know, Mark, there was a time before the Black Power Movement, before the Black Culture Movement, that black people were ashamed of being black. Mm. That's how we were miseducated. That's how we were missocialized. Yeah. So yeah. a lot happened when we came to our own self-determination. You said he, you heard him as the first person. He to was say the first person to utter the term black power. Is that, is that true? 
Well, I was a soldier, and not only was we ashamed to be black, but now people are misinformed about being black because we Africans, we come from Africa. Africa's our land, the richest land in the world, and it continues to be under attack by U.S. imperialism. And until we liberate Africa, we will continue to be slaves. See, that's another word we don't use now. You don't hear nobody talking about imperialism. Yeah. Like it just kind of went away with yes, Ronald went away, Reagan. Went away. Although Ronald Reagan was the epitome of imperialism. Yeah, we, we don't say neocolonialism anymore either. Of course, and now you have neocolonialism, what we used to call them Uncle Tom's, <laughs> and you have those who have chosen to be on the side of the slave master, to pick up guns, weapons, and to do anything for against African people for the slave master. And what they have done, uh, they have let us have all these people in office, Mandela and many, many other males and governors or whatever we have, and they put them in power without economics. So even though you have a male, he can't do a damn thing for his people because he ain't got no money. Right. You got a, a governor, he can't do a damn thing for his people, he ain't got no money. Now we got African presidents in Africa, president of Africa, where the imperialists continue to take the diamonds, the gold, the oil, the rubber, the zinc, the copper, the pearls, so leaving the people hungry, poor, and starving. And anybody to speak up against that, the United States has systematically assassinated them like they did Dr. King, like they have done many, many African leaders in Africa. So our fight is for Africa. Until Africa is liberated, we have no home, no future, or nothing. And so you can vote, but you're voting for neo-colonialist people with no power, no strength, and can't do nothing. We're not in the bed with the Democratic Party. We're not in the bed with, a, with the American government. We want to live total liberation and unification of Africa. And in order to have justice for our people, economically, it would have to be under socialism or even what they call communism. Take what the rich got and give it back to the poor. So, but I'm going to ask you something. Do you take credit for what he's saying, that you were the first person to utter black power? Uh, well, I was there, and I served my people and did what I had to do. Now I take credit for putting together a worldwide saying, army. I sound modest. Putting together a worldwide army. He's not modest when he's not talking. When you're talking about Africa, he's not modest. Worldwide liberation movement for the liberation of African people. <laughs> okay, we are not free people, and we must work for the total liberation and unification of Africa. And the United States is the leading imperialist nation in the world. Yes, sir. Martin Luther King called the United States the greatest criminal on the face of the earth. And they and he said that the bare-feeted people, the no-shirt people, will one day rise up and bring this great empire down. Black Power came out of SNCC. Willie Ritz was the personification of SNCC. Yeah. The Student Nonviolent Coordinator. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. John Lewis mm -hmm. was from SNCC. Well, a lot of people, right. you know, get confused. Yeah, John you know, was a broken slave. Right, they broke right, him. You know. He was what we call a broken slave. <laughs> uh, uh, He's my brother, and we love him so much. But, 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 he, but, but that's yeah, what I John was a definite broken slave. So, so Mukasa, folks, is is you know he he's a, a walking example of revolution. Of not only revolution, but of some of the internal conflicts within the movement. You, we can't well, be under this right, system well, all movements and, and, and have, but I mean, even, you know, even the dichotomy today, we have all, black folk. All, even today, mm -hmm. uh, 2022. More MIP after this message. Geico asks, how 
would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. The movement has internal contradictions as well as external contradictions. Everything has contradictions. We are not monolithic, but... What brings us together is that we realize that we're not going to get freedom, justice, and equality unless we struggle for it for ourselves. We can have allies, but allies can't serve you freedom. Allies can't give you justice. Yeah. Allies can't give you equality. That's something that we have to assert for ourselves. That's something we have to attain for ourselves. Now, we can build coalitions, but we have to make sure that we are not allowing outside forces to define us. That's right, that's right. To set the parameters of what the struggle is about. Right. And so Woolley has always been that fearless articulator of what the real issues are. And, and, and so I want we talked about this before, but I want my audience to hear this, and we got it on camera now. You were here, you were here for Turnaround Tuesday. You told Dr. me the story. And Dr. King Together. marched across the bridge after him and uh, Mr. Say and those made a deal with George Wilder and Al Lingo to allow them to march across the bridge to uh, not break the injunction, but march across the bridge to the light and then turn around. And when they did that, we didn't know they were going to do that. And when Martin King turned around on that Tuesday, we cussed him out, called him Uncle Tom, and uh, Snick pulled out to march, went to Montgomery, and took over Dexter, his church, Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, called in the students in Tuskegee, I went to Alabama State, brought in another two or three hundred people, and we started attacking the Capitol directly uh, in Montgomery, and the press ran up there behind us, and then they ran horses over us, the same way they ran them over John Lewis here in uh, Selma, and that uh, Dr. King had to pull the troops and come to Montgomery to try to calm us down, but he came there and we fought together. But we wanted freedom, but we just wanted different ways, and some of us wanted it on a weaker level, and some of the young people wanted it on a stronger level. And Dr. King, he wanted it on a weaker level in his younger days, but as he began to age, he uh, broke the injunction in Memphis, said we weren't going to obey. He tried to obey the injunction here in, in Selma, but we made him not obey that injunction and forced him to march. That's why he turned around on Tuesday. And when he got to Memphis, I ate lunch with him, Daddy killed him. And when he got to Memphis, he made a speech that we would not obey the injunction in Memphis. And he became stronger. He began to condemn imperialism, condemn the wars. And he became an international voice for the movement, a very strong, dynamic voice. You, you ate lunch with him? I ate lunch with him. Daddy killed him, yes, sir. He tried to get me 
to go to Memphis when he left for Atlanta that morning. I ate lunch with him in Pascal's restaurant, and he tried to go to Memphis with me because we had a group there called the Invaders. They were the Black Power Group, and they were not nonviolent. They were breaking wonders and whatever, and he knew I was the only one that could stop them because they were the, my uh, influence. Charles Cabbage and Sweet Willie Wine and those. They were under my influence, and Dr. King asked me to go there. Well, and he always thought that I was the one that started most of the rebellion and riots. I didn't start them, but I definitely ahead, used my ahead, influence. Go ahead, street cred there. Yeah, right, right. Hey, but, back in back in the yeah. night, but my life is very important. What moves the masses? You have to have street credibility for the masses to respond to you. And what he's saying is that SNCC provided that street parade. Not just outreach, but provided that rootage among the masses who became fearless. See, there came a point where black power meant that we're not going to take it anymore. Yes. You know, and the, the, the wisdom of Dr. King as he evolved. When he made that speech against the Vietnam War, there were a lot of people in the civil rights movement who said, oh, whoa, Dr. King's going too far. But Dr. King was ascending. So by the time he went to Memphis in 1968, Dr. King had already made up his mind that we have to, we're not going to be able to get racial justice without economic justice. Without economic justice. You know, yeah. and that was in his speech. That was in his speech. On, that, on, on the night before his assassination. So I still give Willie Rich credit. You know, he's humble. He don't want to accept it. But he was the first one to black give power. articulation to black power. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you first told me that story in my studio in Maryland, probably almost 20 years ago. I remember. And you, and, but you said to me, and you, you know, you told, you, it was a longer story, mm -hmm. and you said to me in studio, I'll never forget it. You know, you told me you called Dr. King and Uncle Tom, but then you also said that upon reflection, when you thought about it later, you felt like you probably shouldn't have called him that, that you felt some type of way about doing that. Well, we no, what? he called himself Uncle Tom, and that's why they, he said the only time he was ever booed was when he was in Chicago and tried to make a speech after they beat him up at Cicero and tried to talk to the Blackstone Rangers and the gangs, and they booed him, and the only time they booed him, and he, he, he felt very bad about it. He had been booed after struggling for his people for so long, but he went and thought about it, and he realized that he had made promises that he didn't keep. He promised America would be do this and, and give justice and whatever, and now he see that America has, was not going to do that, and the people see that he could not carry the promise that he had made to the people, and that's why he booed him. And Dr. King grew from the Black Power Movement. He not only come out against the war in Vietnam, called America the greatest terrorist nation in the world, united with the Vietnamese people, talked about going to South Africa, uh, worked with the liberation movements in South Africa. He said that the bare feet, uh, 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 no shirt, people were organizing and they were making revolution and they were rising up around the world and they would defeat this American empire and it will go down in history as an empire that has been defeated because of the crimes it commit against its own people. He said, the seeds for the destruction of the United States is sown with on the inside of it and it's going to fall down because it's a criminal nation and, and it's going to fall. So Dr. King grew, not from the time he was in civil rights movement, he grew into be a very conscious people and said the same thing. If you listen to him very closely, even though he kept begging America and identifying with America, 
he was saying the same thing Malcolm X and the other revolutionaries in the world are saying. That's good news. Dr. King himself became an advocate of black power. That's not written about in the books, but that's the truth. In his own evolution. So what started from the streets got into not just uh, SNCC, but also SCLC, and even some in the NAACP was also raising their fist for black power. You know, you know this young man? I raised him. More MIP after this message. <laughs> you black power! African. And that, and that snick educated Dr. Wait, King. Wait, why don't you introduce him? But uh, you, this is broadcast. You, you just talk. Introduce him. Bob this brother Bob, HCNCC, <laughs> Bob Smith. HCNCC. Right. Yes. He was on Black Power March. He was in charge yes. of logistics. Um, but we educated yes. Dr. King, and Dr. King and nobody had no choice but to endorse black power or be against it. And their children were for black power and they were rising up. The streets were burning, the cities were burning. Okay. People were dying in the streets. And you're either on the side of the police that was killing and bringing the troops in our neighborhood to shoot, kill our people. You were either on the side of the people that were dropping bombs in Africa, in Angola, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, in South Africa, and whatever. You were either on their side okay. or you would speak out against it. And we forced Dr. King to speak out against America, speak out against imperialism and speak out what this country was doing worldwide and we everybody was forced to come to that we educated all these leaders and some tropes to be traitors and stay on the side of the imperialists dr king's force come on our side me and like andrew young chose to continue to be uh, uncle tom and continue to be right. an agent of the imperialists all right andrew so young you, was the enemy you, you agree with you agree with his chronology yes of events? yes Mikasa. Uh, <clears throat> Is the original person who used the phrase "black power." We were. Now he in, just said that, so oh, you you confirming. confirming. He's been he's he's been quiet about it. We, we ben Chavis just said he was the first we, man to say "black power." So you saying you confirming that? Yes, we were in Greenville, Greenwood, Mississippi, uh, and before Stoker spoke, Brother Mikasa spoke. Willie Rick spoke, and he's the person who put up "black power." It was the press that picked up Black Power with Stokely Carmichael. But this is the brother who originated the phrase in 1966 in Greenwood, Mississippi. I got arrested in Greenwood, Mississippi on that march with Stokely Carmichael. They put me inside the police car, one side of the car, and let me back out the other side of the car once they found out who we were. Yeah. I got tear gas uh, in Mississippi. Kent, Mississippi. Kent. That's where I couldn't remember the name of the town. Dr. King yeah, was on top of the church. Yeah, yeah. On top of the church, we were up there, and when they uh, pulled all the troops around the mud and they started getting ready to mud, Stokely, uh, Floyd McKissick, uh, Martin King, and uh, somebody else, and Hosea Williams on top of the truck, and when they get ready, got ready to bomb it, uh, Dr. King and Stokely say, Ricks, Hosea, y'all get off the march, and off the truck. In case we get hurt or go to jail, we need somebody to take our place to mobilize the people. And Stoke and Jose and I bagged off the march, march and watched them get bombed. And then we ran in there and picked Dr. King and stoked them up <laughs> off the ground. And so what I want to say is that that's when Dr. King them, uh, showed that he had great confidence in me. 
been, uh, when he appointed me That's to right. take over the movement if him and Stokely got hurt and continue the movement on. So yeah, we educated Martin King and we were critical of him first, but after he stood and got bombed and whatever, Stokely and all of them said, Dr. King is trying, lighten up on him. And we did lighten up, but we didn't lighten up with black power. Cause when black power was defined, it was defined by the people in Detroit that was burning down the cities. Black power and the cities was on fire and dead bodies was laying in the street. Yeah. Army troops was run, riding down the street, uh, shooting black children, black people. And then every city in the United States caught on fire and the crowd was black power. And we linked black power up with what was going on in South Africa, Angola, Mozambique, right. with Vietnam. And we told the Vietnamese, that if you fight them in Vietnam, we'll fight them in Detroit. In uh, every city in the United States, we'll burn the United States and you beat them down in uh, Vietnam. We didn't just support Vietnam, but we helped Vietnam defeat the United States. Okay. Very good. Bob Smith, Willie Mukasa Ricks, Reverend Dr. Benjamin F. Chambers Jr. I'm You know, but folks, it just goes to show these are brothers who were here 1965 and before, and they've not stopped. Because the, the struggle has the struggle continues. A lucha continua. So that's 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 why we're here. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Thank you.